visit us online at privatesweetmag.com to check out the latest issue and to connect with us on all of your favorite social media websites. All right, guys, we are back in the suite this week. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Uriel. Uriel, What's how up? you doing? Hey, I'm and doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. And Matt, how about yourself? Hey, hey, doing pretty good. Not bad. So uh, we, got a, we got a new episode format for you guys today. We got your, uh, your voicemails. We Last time, we launched the Vaporwave Private Suite Hotline at 41244Vapor. Uh, we got a lot of messages from you guys uh, asking us a bunch of great questions. Uh, so we're going to jump into that in just a little bit. But before we start, let's uh, do what we normally do and see what you're listening to this week. Uriel, what do you got? Um, I've been listening to a lot of VGM, mostly Zelda stuff, particularly Breath of the Wild. It's pretty solid. It sounds like Studio Ghibli in a way, you know? Cool, cool. Matt, what about you? Um, well, I bought the George Clanton and uh, uh, Slide and deep fantasy records but they haven't come nice. yet but i've still been listening to them a lot <laughs> nice nice yeah i got the I, I got the deep fantasy vinyl and my uh george clinton slide vinyl actually just came in a couple of days ago too so i'm pretty what pretty stoked about that no i way. have oil that's red and i know how to make roofs does that count sure whatever whatever floats your boat there all right <laughs> Oh uh, man, so yeah, I got I got that, and then uh, I've been listening to the uh, Pad Chennington album that just dropped last night, or whenever. What? Uh, yeah, he put out an album. He yeah, he did Are put you, out an you... album. It's on YouTube, dude. I I heard about it, but I didn't know when it was being released. Matt, we literally had an episode about it drop yesterday. Right. <laughs> we have to. Call I wasn't that. in it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been. I've been listening to the uh, the Pat Jennington album. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's great to see him put this out and and uh, realize his dream of actually putting an album out there. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. So good on you, Pad. Cool. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely glad to to see that with him. So guys, uh, let's get into the voicemail. So uh, we're just gonna we got a bunch of them here for you. We're gonna play them for you, and then we're gonna we're gonna discuss them. So we'll uh, without any further ado, let's get into it. What's up? I don't actually know what to say, but you guys are cool. That's it. Mare out. Uh, hey, how you doing, man? Glad you like our show. Uh, much love. Nothing much to say to this. I'm really sorry. No, just good to glad people are engaging with us, and uh, thanks for the kind words. Next caller. Hey, what's up, Private Suite? This is uh, DF89 from Golf Audio. Thought I'd leave a message, say, uh, keep up the good work. Just looking through cool right now. Pretty well. Thanks so much. Looking forward to what you guys have coming out soon. Oh, DF89. I see we got a big league over here. I'm not being sarcastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, hmm. DF89. That reminds me of, like, my uh, sibling's name, DTF89. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I, that's what he was going for, but uh, sure. It obviously uh, isn't. Like, do you really think you could sell records named DTF? Uh, to the right person, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if 
featuring DJ Polly uh, D. But thanks for the uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to having some more stuff out with Golf Audio in the in the future. So, moving on. Hi, um, this is uh, Brandon, also known as Sponsored By, and um, I actually had a question for you guys. I was wondering what you thought about the, I guess you would call it like newer, uh, I guess like a like newer vaporwave, like artists, uh, labels, different um, like websites and all of that. Just what do you think of like vaporwave in 2019? Let's just put it that way. I haven't really seen a lot of particularly new developments in genres or anything, but I have seen like a lot of artists that are already established or rather, no, genres that are already established gain clout and a lot of artists spring up on the scene doing pre-existing genres. I don't see a lot of like innovation per se, but I'm not too better about that. It's only been like, what, 10 years? Yeah, That's a or so. I think the big thing that we're seeing right now is, and we've talked about this previously in the past, is you have people that are pivoting more away from sample-based stuff to original compositions. I think that's the big thing coming out now. and But, but you're also not seeing people pivot away from their existing names, if that makes sense. They're kind of staying on the same path, whereas earlier on in the existence of the genre, it was more, okay, I finished this project, let's move on, let's get to another name, let's yeah yeah that, it was that one's done. designed <laughs> to uh seem like something you just found on the street maybe i think there's more longevity with each individual performer if that makes yeah, sense yeah 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 i hear you on that one more artist based than like music based kind of i guess i guess yeah that kind of makes some sense but it's uh, i think now that the genre is definitely much more permanent mm-hmm. if that makes sense or established you're, mm-hmm. you're starting to see a more sense of permanence in artists and their their place within the community so i think that's the big thing that we're going to be seeing uh through 2019 and beyond yeah not only that but i hear a lot of people see stuff outside of the big leagues like floral shop and uh hit vibes we get a lot of stuff that's like oh i listen to vantage or oh man you gotta check out this uh azure sans thing like it's beyond just like vapor meme i think that's kind of exactly Yeah, you're not just saying that the main heavy hitters exist. You're, you're seeing a, uh, much more stuff come about mm-hmm. within the community. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. I think it's 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 a good place for the community to grow. It's a good place for uh, Vaporwave to expand as a genre. So I think we're in a great place in 2019 and positioning ourselves well for the future. Yeah, I think with Vaporwave becoming legal, it can definitely go a lot more <laughs> into the mainstream, which definitely has, you know, it's ups and downs. But We're all out, outlaws in the past. Skirting yeah. by the law and, and trying to stay out of jail with our music, right? Yep. <laughs> but we're all anonymous. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Except when we use our names on this podcast. That is true. It's fine. No one knows who I am. I know. He's Not got three T's. No one's going to find out. Yeah, three T's in my name. Yeah. Totally. Three T's are his coordinates. Don't fall for it. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Hey, Mom, did you want me to get you the uh, red onions or the white ones? Because you didn't specify on the list. And I mean, I, I could even get the green ones, the green onions, if you like. I'm just not sure. Can you pick up, please? Well, I'm just going to get the red ones, all right? Like, I don't even care. You just need to pick up your phone more often, all right? I'm getting the red onions. I don't care what you need. Okay, so personally for me, I think he should probably go with the white onions, but... It really depends on what he's going to be cooking. 
So for me personally, if I'm cooking any kind of like, I don't know, Mexican food or anything like that, I personally prefer white onions to chop up and, and saute a little bit. But then again, for some other types of food, you do want to go with the red onions because they have a little bit different of a flavor. Uh, I also really like when you can you can pickle red onions. They they taste really uh, good if you just like, you know, boil up some vinegar and put them in there in a jar and seal it up and stick it in the fridge for a couple of days. They come out really good, uh, create a really, really good taste. But then again, you're cooking a baked potato. You're going to want those green onions on top, on top with the sour cream and the cheese and everything. So I think without any more information with what he's cooking and what or what is what what his mom's cooking, I'm not sure we can actually make a recommendation of what he should go for in this case. Just just go with the red onions. They're the ones that taste okay. In fact, they probably taste the same. I haven't eaten like white onions in years. But whatever you do, do not pickle it. God, that was a stupid suggestion. What were you thinking? Dude, pickled onions are great. God, man. Oh, I think I think I'm gonna chop off my tongue if I have to do that. If if you're just you know passing around an onion with the boys, I'm gonna have to go with the red one. But if you're just eating them like fries, I think green onions are the way to go. So you're uh, saying onion rings? No, dude, you just no, changed, like, you you changed like the fries. game right there. You have to eat them like apples. That's true. Cool. All right, next call. Oh, hey, uh, sorry about the call. I thought this was my mother's contact. It, it was right next to each other, Private Suite and um, uh, Patty. So, uh, Great show, by the way. I'm enjoying the podcast. I don't need onions. Thank you. Bye. Oh, man. Okay, so just uh, just ignore what we said in that last one there. Um, and Patty, please pick up your son's call. Be better for both of us, all of us here, so. Let's uh, oh, let's let's move on. Pad. <laughs> that was actually Pad Jennington calling in. Calling for his mom. Patty. Pad, Pad, Pad. Patty Jennington. <laughs> Pad Jennington. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's let's just let's just wipe that on the rug. We gotta we gotta move on. So, hello, Private Suite Magazine. What are you guys' thoughts on the 2019 Shinjuku Mad Blank Band Remaster? I'm pretty interested. And the um, results you guys have, or the uh, questions and answers. I'm going to be blunt. I didn't listen to Shinjuku Mad. I wasn't a huge fan of it originally. But I like Blank Banshee remastering his old stuff, because I remember him talking about how the music scene in like New Brunswick, St. John, isn't very robust, and he had to move to Vancouver to achieve any notoriety. And I'm glad he's like doing that to boost up his sort of community, or at least his old stuff. Yeah, I think so. I, for me, I'm in the same boat. I, I never really listened to, to Shinjuku Mad, but I think this question more should broadly mean or be interpreted as what do we think of like remasters in general? Because I think if we're at the point where we're starting to see remastered versions of these albums that have come out over the past 10 years or so, I think that's the point where it's like people still want to listen to this stuff and people are still, you know, they want to discover the history of the genre and they want to you know experience it in new ways that they haven't before so i think if we're at the point where we are getting remasters and reissues of stuff that is good that does show that there's there's enough interest and growth to sustain this community for years to come i can't say i disagree i mean like it's the same logic behind remakes uh if they want to do it again and show a new audience that's more power to them not only that but it gives them a chance to iron out what they saw as mistakes that is true as well that is definitely true as well. And, and, you know, most of these, these artists have, I think a lot of them started off in very, 
let's say humble beginnings in terms of of what they had available to them to produce stuff and and maybe even in terms of skill set so as they've grown over the years it's interesting to see what they can do if they go back and look at this project that they did you know five ten years ago and see oh i could have tweaked this and it's just going to sound a whole lot better not necessarily change it or necessarily hinder it but just kind of improve it at the same time maybe you don't actually want to do that maybe you you want to leave it maybe the grittiness or the the lo-fi quality is something that you know you want to want to do so who knows yeah but i think overall it's good that we're seeing remasters i think it's good that we're seeing this kind of stuff pop up hi yes um i have a question what do you think of the vaporwave scene going on right now with like the many labels that we now have the amount of artists, the amount of albums, when speaking of labels, the amount of labels that we have, we have business, business casual, dream, God, well, you know, you know what I'm saying, no, the amount of stuff that we have. What do you think? What do you think of it? Do you think we'll go, we'll go into the mainstream area? That's that's all. That's all my questions I'm asking. What do you think of the Vaporwave scene, and if it's starting to go more mainstream now? I'm definitely thinking it's going to be niche. We have seen a little bit of like artists sip their toes into the aesthetic, but never like actual music or like anything long lasting. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I don't think it's necessarily something that you're going to see. You know billboard top 40 or anything like that pop up anytime soon it's just it's, it, i i don't think anyone in this community really wants that i don't think that makes sense for yeah. for our group plus vaporwave isn't exactly a type of music a lot of people would enjoy yeah that's true it's kind of like a thing you have to really be into to be into you know what i'm saying yeah it took me like a month just to actually get into it i can picture I started... you sitting there like just like forcing yourself it's like i need to like the aesthetic i need exactly i right. need to enjoy mac plus i need to be lisa frank i want to be I, I can picture him really frustrated like 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 a montage of him like training like i need to do it i need to do it and finally one um not exactly but uh yeah he's got his headband around his head he like cracks open the jewel case and pours the CD into the cup, and then he drinks it whole. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Vaporwave training one hundred and one. I tell you, everyone goes to that initiation process at some point in their uh, in their journey. So, but I mean, in terms of the number of artists and labels and everything, what I mean, do you think it's it's too much? Do you think it's too little? Where do you think we are with that? I think they're like. I'm not going to say, you know, point out people that should stop making music, but I think there is definitely a little bit too large of a number for my liking, just because then you get a lot of really just like kind of trash or just like, you know, musical spam. Going on with what I think one of you said earlier about the vapor meme stuff, I think we're moving beyond that. I think we're, yeah. we're getting past the point where stuff is coming out just for laughs or just to be ironic and i think we're seeing a much high, higher quality product and we're seeing much more stuff come out that is much more worthwhile so mm. yeah we're seeing a lot we have a lot of stuff coming out but i think some of the real quote-unquote lowbrow stuff is disappearing 
if that makes sense. We're, we're getting past that point in this progression. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with that, but I honestly thought there was something of a place for it. Not like as spammy as it was at its oh. height. Oh, but yeah. Like, <laughs> just like levity in comedy. Like if it was just all serious or all mystique all the time, it would seem hollow, you know? Completely agree. Completely agree. I think, of course, there's a place for that kind of stuff, but I think we were seeing a lot of that stuff that necessarily was out and just maybe lazy or they're very low effort. And we're, we're seeing stuff come out that clearly has a lot more effort put into it than there was in the past. And that's not to say that nothing had high quality or nothing was had a lot of effort, but now we're seeing a lot more higher quality stuff come out. So I don't think there's an issue with it. I think, I think the, the community, the genre is correcting itself. It is, it is positioning itself where it needs to be. So volume wise, yeah. I don't think we're, we're at an issue. Big deal, really. I mean, not everyone's going to be able to listen to everything, but that's okay. Yeah. It's not like they were going to make millions anyway. <laughs> so with this question, this actually leads us right into our next voicemail right here. Hi, I really enjoy the magazine. I'm quite a fan of it. And my question uh, for the podcast would be if since the recent announcement of the Young Bay with Zed Tour and especially with uh, Disclosure coming out with a Future Funk uh, bass track, do you think that or I would like to say, what's your take on the idea that Future Funk might be the main uh, mainstream genre that's going to jump through ahead of the out of the entire subgenres? So, what's your take on it? Do you think it's going to be the first jump? I think if there's ever a if there was ever a genre that was go or if there's ever a subgenre of vaporwave that would go mainstream, I think it's definitely going to be the Future Funk side of it. Definitely. I agree reservations with it for instance a lot of future funk doesn't really sound vapor anymore all the samples all the production styles that thing has sort of evaporated and now it's become french house i'm not angry about it or anything like that but is it really vapor at this point a lot of the time it depends on what you consider vapor it depends if you subscribe to the the, the whole vapor umbrella theory that you know everything kind of exists in this one you know one universe and and it's all part of the same family tree so if you subscribe to that then yes this would be the part that actually goes mainstream if you don't then it's just break it off and you can ignore it and it's not part of anything that we do yeah and not only that but like a lot of the future funk scene doesn't really associate too much with uh vapor or only does it tangentially i'm not saying yeah. it's a bad thing but like it is it is interesting to see that that you have you know the vaporwave community kind of latches on to the future funk side of stuff but you don't see that on the future funk side towards the vaporwave side it's very one-sided at least from what i've seen mm-hmm. so, but assuming you are you're grouping it all together absolutely i think that is the part that makes it go mainstream i mean you're seeing young bay doing all these shows he's very popular shows are selling out he's working with big artists he's he's becoming a well-known name in you know, not even just future funk but just in the music community uh and then of course you have disclosure releasing their future funk track that i guess kind of came out of nowhere uh, that's actually pretty good i enjoyed it but that's an even bigger name you know in mainstream music that is now putting or, or directing people towards this side of of music or this part of the music community so 100 percent 
assuming you associate Future Funk with Vaporwave, yes, that's going to be the part that drives it mainstream. I definitely associate the Disclosure track and a lot of Young Bay's work with Vapor, that's for sure. Yes, and he's Young Bay's actually even, I think he released a Vaporwave album at one point that's not very well known, and he supposedly said that on Bay 5 there's going to be a uh, a Vaporwave track, but we won't know that until we get Bay 5, which I'm pretty stoked about, but... Oh, yeah. Is he going to have, like, another um, uh, rap song on it? Those were pretty good. I liked Holding Your Hand. I even sung it in the first episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, I have no <laughs> idea, but we'll see. He's got a, he's got the new album coming out. He's got another show coming up in New York on March 21st. I'm going to try to get to, so uh, pretty stoked for that, too. <sighs> hitting all hey. the tours, hitting everything on the East Coast, so. All right. Next caller. Hey, I just had an idea a possible topic um i would like to ask what do you think is the sort of home of the vaporwave aesthetic and sort of you know where it's most prominent and maybe where it came from you know some people say california or florida you know somewhere in between i really don't know i'm curious honestly miami feels more like synthwave although i can and I can see the parallel of what you're getting at, but the beaches and all the weird suits, that doesn't completely just apply to Miami, but also applies to what I think is like one of the biggest influences, not just in February, but in music period, New York City. All the incredible buildings, the giant megalopolis, the fact that everything costs so fucking much. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a mountain of a city. It's like walking in to Godzilla if it were a town, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the way I kind of look at this, I, I can't say that there's any one place. I mean, the, the place that becomes, that comes to mind instantly more than anything else is Miami, South Florida, but that's specifically looking towards the, you know, some of the, you know, the palm trees and the, the colors and everything else like that, that sort of vibe, that's, that's where it kind of exists. However, you have parts of vaporwave that kind of exist, like you said, in New York City, other cities within the country, you know, maybe just the whole general California aesthetic. Um, LA. You, look at, you look at like, like the rap world, and you have like, Atlanta rap, you have New York rap, you have Memphis, you know, you have all these different places that kind of have their own culture. I think you kind of see that within the vaporwave aesthetic it's kind of similar because you have like luxury elite style, which is like very much that hazy New York city um, luxury feel to it versus, I don't know, some other artists where they may go for more of the paradise look or something like that. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of impartial to California cause that's where I'm from, but uh, I'm definitely going to have to go with, I think Japan is probably the most, um, you know, inspires vaporwave the most because, you know, that's kind of how it all started. It's funny because the Japan aspect of it, obviously, it's, again, that's, that's another place where it's definitely very prevalent. It's definitely very well. Um, people pull aesthetics from there. You see a lot of photography that's kind of fits into the vaporwave universe that is of streets in, in Tokyo or Kyoto or wherever. But from what we know, it's not super popular there. Yeah. You know, we, 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 I think we've, we've known that, you know, in terms of just readership of this magazine or listenership to the podcast, like we don't get a lot of traffic from Asia. I don't think there's a lot of people that are su super into it. I mean, there are people that are there. I mean, there are artists that are obviously from that region that do 
are, are well known, but I don't think it's super popular there. I think it's definitely more of a U.S. European phenomenon more so than an Asian phenomenon. Um, not to say that the aesthetic doesn't pull from Asia. I mean, th- I think part of it has to do with the fact that there's a language barrier. United States and a lot of continental Europe know English, whereas parts of Asia and a lot of South America, South America in particular has a decent vapor scene, but it's not really connected to ours because English isn't really common there. It's just something you have to expect. There's going to be a wall between it. Like it's, it's like uh, you can't communicate, so you can't really connect, and it's kind of branching off. Yeah. I mean, two-thirds of our readers for the magazine come from the United States. And when I was shipping them out, I noticed that um, more people were buying them from California than any other state in the country. So I think geographically, most of the people in, into Vaporwave are in the United States. Uh, you know, a good bit of them are in California. Woo-woo. But <laughs> yeah, we, it definitely draws most of its inspiration from Asian culture, which you know, kind of obvious. Florida, I think I'm going to go with like that inspires synthwave a lot more but yeah. you know when you when you talk to people you know like i call them vapor weebs i don't know when you, when you <laughs> ever ever all the other leads on the staff hate that all, all whenever you talk to like a vapor weeb you're not like they're not like oh i want to go to florida because of all the aesthetics they no, like, they're always no, they're like i want to go to, to florida Japan. so i can drive a testarossa and snort some coke yeah it's you want to go there for the beaches or whatever but not for the vaporwave aesthetic that that's for japan i mean japan like i don't know if you've seen video of it or even like been there it's yeah, not there. particularly <laughs> a like whole episode it. on that you know rich but... has <laughs> oh really um i mean it's not gonna perfectly match the vapor aesthetic because like there's a lot of filters for one and two what we're using is like a lot of obvious cultural markers there's like little subtle things that don't really get made into vaporwave mm-hmm yeah, hundred percent. Not only that, but you have to understand that a lot of the artists are not from Japan. It's more like just site influence. Yeah. In fact, a lot of artists aren't even from New York or or uh, Miami or whatever. It's just something for the aesthetic. Although, um, you mentioned a lot of people in California. You realize yeah. that California is the most populous state in the in the United States, right? Sure is. It's not a coincidence. And like United States is the most populous country with that is English majority. Mm-hmm. Unless you count India, if, if that works, but eh. So you're just saying that by default, there's going to be the highest concentration of vaporwaves in California? I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not a demographer or anything like that. I just read Wikipedia articles like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I think we've identified quite a few different places where these these trends can exist and where they can come from. Um, there's obviously multiple places where we all see trends building and, and see these these aesthetics coming from. So I to answer the, the caller's question, I don't think there is a home. I, I, I can't say there is an actual place where, you know, Vaporwave exists. I think it's it's the internet it's a virtual place that's that's where it came from it was born from you know digital music production in this you know the virtual plaza as we like to say that we're from it exists on earth and that's about as much as you say about it <laughs> yep well we have satellites for internet now so <laughs> oh right we're in space too 
Taking All right. over the galaxy. Hi, my name is Sheepy. I'm calling to ask what exactly got you all into Vaporwave. How did you find your way into Vaporwave? For me, I found it uh, through Witch House, ironically enough. Um, back, uh, actually, a few years ago is when I started to get into it. Um, and I found my way to uh, the Vaporwave scene through Witch House. Um, and it's actually kind of shaped the way I think about making Vaporwave music. Um, so I'm just curious, and I'd love to find out um, how that worked for you all. Um, I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Sheepy, call it in. Uh, for anyone who does not know, Sheep is a contributor to Private Suite Magazine. She was actually on uh, one of the previous episodes where we talked to uh, M. She was on the Flapcast. Uh, so always glad to hear her, have her back on the show. Uh, so her question is, what got us into Vaporwave? How did we get into this scene? Basically, I was on Bandcamp and I was looking for alternative pop. What I meant to look for, judging by what I picked that day, was uh, like funk pop. But I came across this album called uh, A Million Miles Away by Macross 8299. And I was like freaking smitten. I was just listening to that shit all day, every day. I was so thrilled to find something like that. And I was kind of bummed that I didn't have Bandcamp account and couldn't replay it over and over. So when I YouTube <laughs> and my rec started getting all this weird atmospheric music and I got into this whole like transient sensation, like I was watching a movie and eventually just spiraled and spiraled into less funky and more ambient and experimental stuff. And that's how I'm here. Nice. My story is a little bit weird. I have, I have this one kind of weird stoner friend who, uh, who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, whenever he would, whenever we would hang out, he was always like, Hey Matt, do you, have you heard of vaporwave? And I would tell him, no, I haven't. And then he'd come over again the next week and ask me the same question. And then it kind of got a little bit annoying, but, you know, I put up with him because I liked him. And then uh, eventually I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to listen to it. Like, I don't care. So then I go just look up basic Vaporwave albums. Of course, Floral Shop comes up. I listened to that one. And I was like, holy cow. This is like so much better than I thought. It sounded so weird. And it was like a revolutionary sound. So then after that, I started listening to the other like classics and kind of watching, you know, this like down the rabbit hole videos and whatever on uh, kind of what Vaporwave is and how it started. I was kind of surprised because I thought when, when I first heard about it, I thought it was actually sprouted, like started in the 80s or 90s. I was a little bit disappointed to realize that it was started in like 2010, but then it kind of started all making connections. And then, you know, after Floral Shop, I moved on to Echo Jams. When I heard that album, I was absolutely blown away. And, you know, there was, there was some good ones, there were some bad ones, but yeah, cool. that's about it. So for me, um, I definitely was led into it through the aesthetic of everything. I definitely got drawn in by the colors and the design and, and all this stuff that we, we come to know as the, the vaporwave aesthetic. And I think that started with the whole, a lot of actually like synthwave or like outrun style stuff. That's, that's kind of the gateway drug for me into all of this started getting into more of the vaporwave look of stuff and then you know seeing the albums that were associated with these looks and started listening to those and then started doing more research onto it and just you know i think doing like quick searches like you know you know top albums to listen to and like you know what should you listen to when you first start and 
that's kind of how I started down the rabbit hole. And then for new music discovery, once I started with that, basically just going on Bandcamp, seeing what pops up and, uh, you know, just kind of diving into it head first and listening to whatever I can. Um, I downloaded the, at the time, the, the business casual, like discography that I think you can like pay like five bucks for. It's a dollar for a doll, I think. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And I, I thought I was getting like, I don't know, five or six albums because that's what was shown right there. And then it's like, you have like <laughs> 250 albums in your in your collection now. I'm like, what? Like, this is this is incredible. So I kind of started like, you know, just listening to a bunch of that stuff. There's still stuff I haven't listened to in it. It's actually kind of fun. Like when I see like a recommendation from someone for like a classic album that I hadn't listened to yet. And I go back and I realize like, oh, I have this like in my collection already it's like a nice little surprise and i can go and and listen to it so yeah just uh, i got into it for the aesthetics and then it's just grown from there yeah i think part of what drew me in was um i i had been into like i was into technology and then i realized i couldn't afford anything then i was like oh old computers are cool so i started getting into those old gaming um you know old technology and then once i saw some of the vaporwave music videos that used old graphics 3D graphics from like the early '90s or whatever. That was what one of the main that drew me. In. Yeah, I'm. I'm always. I've always been into technology stuff. I've always been into like older, like '80s, like what what at the time was like cutting edge technology and like it's supposed to like revolutionize everything. But like obviously now it's you know, crap and can't do anything you actually want it to do. But I've always been into that kind of stuff, <laughs> and I always loved how that played a part, you know, within this community. That was always a, a big component of the aesthetic and, and the sound and everything else that we we've come to know mm. and love with it. It's interesting how two hobbies can click together so well. Yeah, definitely. And I should also mention that uh, part of what got me into the scene, not necessarily listening to music, because by this point I uh, had been listening to a lot of Vaporwave, but I probably would have fallen out if I hadn't found it, was this YouTube channel called Vapor Memory. It posts mm -hmm. archives of like all this vapor and vapor adjacent stuff. It's on YouTube of my same name that I just gave. It's pretty weird. It had its own <laughs> Discord, and then it eventually got me into not just like Vaporwave and like cataloging music, but experimental music and production in its entirety. Like, I probably would have fallen out and just became relatively normal and casual if it weren't for them. Would have became business casual? <laughs> I'm going to reach through the mic and hit you. <laughs> All right. We wrap it up with the last caller. When are we going to start getting rid of all the vaporwave scalpers? Getting sick and tired of paying a hundred dollars a record on a consumerist genre where we recycle samples from every single other song. Thanks. The reason they can get away with it is because a lot of people don't take the genre seriously. Like. If you're just selling random stuff that no one's paying attention to, you can get away with a lot of bullshit. Mm -hmm. The genre is not mainstream right now. Like it is not in the forefront. So, you know, no one's rushing out and no one's rushing out and buying physicals of anything right now, unless you're talking about like a vinyl of like a major album. So for a genre in itself that is not mainstream, you know, if you have like a, a physical copy of it and you know, there's a few people that want it, they're going to pay for it. But if you only release 50 versions of it or 25 copies or, or 10 in some instances, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. So then you can charge whatever you want for it. So people think 
oh, I got the, you know, one of 10 copies of this album. I can charge a hundred bucks for it. If someone pays for it and they do, then that's what it's worth. It's, it's weird. It's like until the genre goes mainstream, you're not going to get rid of this problem. It's going to exist as long as these labels or uh, producers are only releasing, you know, li very limited runs of these albums. It's going to happen. It's going to exist. Yeah. One of, one of the, uh, one of the artists that's like on the magazine team, uh, strawberry station put out an album and it was on core spec and you know, he's, he's not like super popular, but his music's pretty good. It's like, you know, he's in the scene a little bit. He's yep. yeah. But like, um, right after they sold out, someone like immediately put it on discogs for like $70. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, you hate to see that because you hate to see people buying it immediately just to sell it and turn a profit. Like to me, like I get like a new physical copy. Like I'm excited because yeah, I know it's limited. I know I have like this thing that potentially could be special someday or, you know, but I'm just happy to have the item. I'm happy to have that, that piece of the genre, that physical piece of it. And I, I wouldn't sell any of it to anyone. Yeah. So, but people do things differently. And it's the same thing with concert tickets. People scalp concert tickets for, you know, whatever they they think they can get for it. And as long as people keep buying that stuff, it's going to happen. You know, Discogs exist because people want to pay for that kind of stuff. They, they, you know, people are willing to pay for that stuff. So if people stop buying it, then they, you know, they wouldn't have any reason to exist. Yeah. And you also have to understand that this genre is also like available to find on the internet. Not a lot of people just go directly to cassette. Mm -hmm. So I can see why they'd be antipathetic Although, like, if you're just buying it to turn a profit, eh, not really a fan of that. It's really the most consumerist, anti-consumerist movement <laughs> ever. <laughs> that is an excellent way to put it. You know, especially with the physical stuff, there is, it, it's very anti-consumer, consumerist. Yeah. But the oh, yeah, people definitely. will buy anything that's put in front of them, though. Like, in this community. All right, we got a St. Pepsi-themed guillotine. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, shut up and take the money. I would buy that. For all of your beheadings that you do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. huh. I chop That's off funny. the heads of my, uh, what's, what are they called? Statues? Bust. Yeah, the bust. 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 There we go. <laughs> the yep. marble bust. Going to behead, behead Mac, uh, Mac Plus 420. Going to behead, uh, what is it called? Helios. Helios. That no, seriously, it's like the actual Greek um deity oh, I know, Helios. Yeah. yeah. Way to go, Matt. You're killing Greek deities with your Saint Pepsi guillotine. Yeah, Matt. Why did you think about that before you bought the guillotine? <laughs> Sorry guys. I had to do it to him. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh that's what we got for voicemail for this episode. Um I, I'm thank you everyone who called in. Uh it's it's it was a great kind of little experiment to, to see how people would engage with the community. I think it's, it was received very well. We're going to keep the vapor hotline up. So if you have any more questions, uh, just give us a call 412-44-VAPOR and uh, we'll feature you on the show. So that'll be open. Um, we're probably, we may do more like full listener specials like this, but it's uh, primarily we'll work a couple of them into each episode and so forth. But uh, overall, again, thank you for, for calling in with your stuff. If you want to check us out on social media, uh, you can find us uh, at Twitter, uh, at Private Suite Pod for the magazine, at Private Suite Mag, Instagram, uh, at Private Suite Mag, Facebook.com slash Private Suite Mag, and Patreon.com slash Private Suite Mag. Uh, Matt, do you have an update for us on the next issue? Uh, issue five? Yeah. Coming well, out. The next one, right? <laughs> February 19th. Well, 
Jeez, okay, yeah. Um, February 19th is the projected release date. So, like, two or three days. Cool. Just flip today's date upside down. It'll do. Oh, yes. time travel. Yes, we are recording on exactly. the 16th of February. So, uh, so look forward to that uh, today for issue number issue number five. Yeah. Uh, you guys have anything else before we wrap up here? No, sir. Florida man creates a Florida wave. Just slows down the entire nation's accent and records it on tape. I think right. we could probably do without Florida Wave and just Florida yeah. Man. I mean, that I is synthwave, so. Bugs Bunny, <laughs> Florida.gif, and just sail it off into the ocean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Just record every crocodile. <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay, that's All right. enough. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Later. All right. Peace. Until next time. <laughs>